Hey friends, welcome to one of our Her God Story holiday episodes. I'm your host, Jody Caracosta, ministry leader at Somebody Cares America and International, author and traveler on this journey of faith. This episode will be a slight departure from our normal format. Instead of interviewing a woman of faith in our day, I thought I'd share some of what the Lord has been showing me about waiting on God's promises to be fulfilled. Quite a few of the Christian leaders I know believe there will be an increase in the suddenlies of God in the coming year. Suddenlies are those promises we've been waiting for, hoping for, believing for, praying for, and that we finally see happen. Sometimes the wait is short, but other times the wait seems to go on forever. There are a lot of these suddenlies in the Bible when the long-awaited promise finally arrives. Here are just a few. After searching through the entire animal kingdom for a suitable mate, Adam was put to sleep and suddenly there was Eve. Joseph waited 13 or more years for his dream to come true and suddenly he was promoted out of prison to be the second in command of Egypt. Israelites clung to the hope of a land all their own, which was promised to Abraham hundreds of years before. Then suddenly they were freed from slavery in Egypt. David was anointed king as a teen, then had to run for his life for many years before he suddenly became king when Saul was killed. In Acts, the disciples were assembled in the upper room praying and waiting for the promised Holy Spirit. When suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm in that filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames and tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. Philip was told to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Then suddenly he was transported by the Spirit from one place to another. When Paul and Silas, God's ambassadors to the Gentiles, they were thrown into prison, but God had promised they would go to many more places to preach. So as they worshiped a jail, suddenly an earthquake shook the prison, opening all the doors and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The suddenly fulfillment of God's promises come in his own time, in his own way, but fulfill his purposes perfectly. Each of these suddenly moments were times when God's promise or word was fulfilled, when spiritual realities broke through into the natural realm. Now, many of us have been praying for the fulfillment of a promise for quite some time. That prayer may be for the salvation of a family member, an open door for ministry, greater influence in some area of our lives, widespread revival, or some other promise from the Lord. I know I certainly have. As I've pondered this, as well as the miracle of the incarnation, the Lord prompted me to look at the life of Mary. And as I did, I began to see some principles from her life that I hope will equip and encourage you in your walk with the Lord. God began showing me how to actively, expectantly wait for our promise through the story of Mary. To give some context, the Jewish people had been waiting hundreds of years for the promised Messiah, the anointed one that would restore God's people to their rightful place. Over time, a burdensome system of traditions and rules had been established to try to create the right environment for Messiah or earn God's favor. They expected him to come as a conquering hero to vanquish their physical enemies. So when Jesus came and defeated our real enemy, Satan, they did not recognize him. They were so busy appeasing the Roman rulers that they forgot how to recognize God's presence. There were some, though, who had cultivated spiritual understanding, like Zechariah and Elizabeth, the chosen parents of John the Baptist, and Simeon and Anna, who each served the Lord with pure hearts in the temple for decades. 
They longed for Messiah's appearance in any form. Elizabeth recognized Jesus as the Messiah immediately when Mary walked in the door while he was still in her womb, while Simeon and Anna quickly recognized the eight-day-old baby Jesus as the promised one they had waited for. Now, back to Mary. She was still a teenager when the angel Gabriel first appeared to her with the startling news that she would give birth to the Messiah. We can tell by Gabriel's greeting to Mary that she had a pure heart that yearned for Messiah's coming in any form. Gabriel called her highly favored, telling her in Luke one twenty eight, the Lord is with you. That was an astonishing statement for someone to hear, let alone an unmarried woman in that day. When Gabriel told her what God was about to do, she had a choice. She could embrace God's plan and wait for its fulfillment or not. Mary did the first. She embraced God's plan, even though she didn't understand it all. But Mary's waiting wasn't passive. Her waiting was filled with faith and action. I'll point out five things she did in the waiting that we can apply to our lives as well. First, believe. The first thing she did, she believed God's promise. As unlikely as Gabriel's statement was, she believed. She also wanted some details. In Luke one thirty four, she asked, how can this be? I'm a virgin. But that didn't constitute unbelief. She wanted to understand more fully her part. She could have scoffed at the idea in disbelief like the religious leaders did when they first encountered Jesus or reject his coming out of fear like King Herod did. But instead, she believed, which is the first step in waiting for a promise from God. The next thing she did was submit. Mary submitted herself to God's plan. She could have been stoned to death for getting pregnant out of wedlock in that day and age. At the very least, she would be ostracized, outcast, and looked down upon. And what about her fiancé? He would likely reject her too. But Mary had amazing faith in God and an earnest desire to see His will done. So she responded in Luke one twenty-eight by saying, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. Wow. She was willing to abandon her status, her standing, her future, all into God's hands with no expectations and no guarantees. Third, be with like-minded people. A few days after her angelic encounter, Mary went off to the home of her relatives, Zachariah and Elizabeth. She stayed there for three months. Previously, I mentioned that they too were waiting for the Messiah. They had believed and submitted to God's plan as well and were waiting for the birth of their son, John the Baptist, who was coming to prepare people's hearts for their Messiah. When Mary arrived, Elizabeth immediately recognized that Mary was also part of God's plan, and she encouraged Mary's faith by saying in Luke one forty-five, You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. In those early days, there was not yet any proof that Mary was pregnant. So Elizabeth's proclamation and support helped foster peace in her waiting. The fourth thing she did is praise. Mary's belief welled up inside her and spilled out as praise, and praise would have inevitably strengthened her faith. Luke 1, 46-55 records a song of praise that she created. In the New Living Translation, it reads, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One is holy, and he has done great things for me. 
He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made his promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. While Mary did thank and praise the Lord for what he had done for her, she went far beyond that. Praising his character and the things he had done for her people, she looked at the big picture and praised God in faith for it all. Psalm 22, 3 tells us that God is enthroned on the praises of his people. So as she praised, God's throne, his rule and reign were reaffirmed in and over her life. His presence was near her in the waiting. The fifth thing Mary endured. I've never been pregnant, but I have talked with and watched many of my family and friends go through pregnancy. It is not for the faint of heart. Mary went through it all. On top of that, her parents, I'm sure, were horrified. Her engagement was nearly broken off. After Gabriel assured Joseph that the pregnancy was truly by the Holy Spirit, they finally married. But about the time she was due, they had to make an arduous three to five day journey on foot or maybe donkey from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Those nine months tried Mary mentally, emotionally, and physically. But she endured. Romans 5, 4 tells us that endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. You see, Mary was carrying the savior of the world, so she needed to have endurance in the waiting. What promise are you waiting for? Do you have a word from the Lord about it? If not, ask him for one. Then believe what he says. Submit all your expectations, your status, your future into his hands to do with what he sees fit in bringing the promise to pass. Get around other people of faith who will encourage you in the waiting. Praise God for all he's done for you and for who he is and what he's done for others too. And when times get tough and the pressure's on, endure. In Isaiah 55, 11, God says, So my word, which goes out from my mouth, will not return to me empty. It will do what I want it to do and will carry out my plan well. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, like Mary, our souls praise you. We rejoice in you who are our Savior. You created us. You formed us in our mother's womb. You took notice of us and called us your own. You who are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, you're slow to anger and you're abounding in love. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And your goodness and your mercy know no end. You have rescued your people throughout history, and you will do it again. You have provided for your people throughout all generations, and you won't stop now. We thank you for the glorious work you're doing in the spiritual realm that we cannot yet see, but we believe you're doing glorious things. Father, I ask you to encourage all those listening. Remind them of the word you've spoken to them, and let them see what you're doing burst forth into the natural realm, salvations, healings, deliverance, promotion, expansion, all for your glory. I ask all this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. In the next episode, I'm going to share more about Mary's story. What happens when the promise finally comes? In our show notes at hergodstory.org, 
You'll find links to scriptures and other helpful information. And don't forget to sign up for periodic emails and download a free six-week devotional on women from the Bible. It's a great way to start the new year. You can also purchase a 12-week devotional book for about $12 with all the proceeds going to help widows and orphans. We ask that you also consider a generous donation to our Widow and Orphan Fund by clicking on the Widow and Orphan link at the top of the HerGodStory.org page. We'd love to pray with you on our 24-7 prayer or text line. Give us a call anytime at 855-459-CARE or email us at prayer at somebodycares.org. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please review it on your favorite streaming service and share it with a friend who might enjoy it too. And now, dear friends, I bless you as Elizabeth did Mary in Luke 145. May you be blessed because you believe that the Lord will do what he said. Her God Story is a ministry of Somebody Cares America and International. To find out more about or support the ministry, go to somebodycares.org.